The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. I will not wear the mask. 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 I will not wear a mask. I will not get the vaccine. I will not get the vaccine. And I will not get the vaccine. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. In the Lord, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust, and I will not be afraid. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day. For the Lord is the great God, and the great King above all. Rise up, O judge of the earth. Render punishment to the proud. Lord, how long will the wicked, how long will the wicked chime? Righteousness and justice are the foundation of this world. I hate the work of those who follow it. With my mouth I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I have said, mercy shall be built up forever. Your faithfulness you shall stand. On an instrument of ten strings, on the lute and on the harp, with harmonious sound. For you, O Lord, have made me glad through your works. I will triumph in the works of your are on high forevermore. For behold, your enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. I will defy tyrants. 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 And good day, America. Welcome Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQers, TV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers are in the house, and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio where we use the Bible and the Constitution, not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S.-occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns you about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us this morning. If you would like to check us out online, please do so, SonsOfLibertyRadio.com and also SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right. You can see the face that's made for radio. Head over to sonsoflibertymedia.com, and there you're going to see two videos at the top of the screen. The one on the left side is Bradley's show from yesterday afternoon. So if you missed that and you'd like to watch that and catch it, you can do so up until 3 p.m. Eastern this afternoon. On the right side of the page is where we are. Just click on the play button, blow it up on whatever device you've got, and then in the bottom right-hand corner you will see a Rumble icon. Click on that, and you can join us in the chat on Rumble. 
Um, we are also streaming live to Rumble at Sons of Liberty Radio Live. That's the channel there. Also, beforeitsnews.com, top of the page, dlive.tv at The Sons of Liberty. Number of Facebook pages that bear my name. Also, Twitter for whatever it's worth, The Real Tim Brow 2. Leave off the end, off the end of my name, put a two in its place, and you're good to go. And then Real Tim Brown on Twitch is where we're streaming. And then you can always find us right there on sonsoflibertymedia.com in that area. By the way, uh, you guys in the chat, let me know how things go because there's supposed to be a relay that the streaming service provides now. And so all of you guys, even though you're in different areas, I think Rumble is probably going to be the only problem child because it's uh, it uses a different kind of setup. But DLive and Facebook, you guys, Twitter and uh, Twitch, you guys, whenever you comment, it should cross across the platforms. Um, so you... I'm I'm guessing you should be seeing people who comment in Facebook and DLive and DLive in Facebook now. So you'll, it kind of opens that up. Or at least that's what it says it does. I clicked on the thing to do it, so we'll have to see what it does. But I thought I'd let you know that. Uh, right up under where we're streaming live is where you can sign up for our email newsletter. One of those goes out a day between 7 and 8 Eastern. And then also... If you want our ministry email for the Sons of Liberty, you can pick that up at sonsoflibertyradio.com. Front page right there. Just sign up and do that. Uh, okay, great, great. I'm glad that you guys are seeing that. Yeah, that's that's a nice little thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Where you guys now, it doesn't matter what what plat channel you're getting in, right? <laughs> you guys get to you're going to get to know some new people and stuff. So that's great. That's great. Finally, if you agree with our message, you want to keep us out there. There's a donate button at the top of sonsoflibertymedia.com. Click on that and make a one-time donation. Or you can partner with us monthly as a son or daughter of liberty. And we do uh, appreciate you very, very much um, in all that you do for us. Now, I've been setting up stuff as we go, little things that I see here and there that are off. And while I was doing that, even during the pre-show music for you guys on the radio, that's why it kind of bled over. I was doing it, and then I got in a hurry, and I didn't have my volume meter up there and the the cursor's kind of doing this thing. You know how it does. It doesn't move smoothly. It kind of acts like it's about to freeze up. I don't know why that is. There's no strain on the computer. But anyway, I apologize for that. We're good to go, though, on pretty much everything else. And uh, as always, this is Rotten to the Core Wednesday. And we have with us the Common Core diva, Lynn Taylor. Good morning, Lynn. Oh, good morning. And I want to say a special uh, thank you to everyone who provided information for today's show. I had several people, uh, a couple from the United Kingdom, one from Alabama. And we also want to give a shout out to Suzanne Hamner. She's my sidekick on the Liberty Bells. Her mother is going uh, through open heart surgery today. Mm. And so their family will need a lot of prayers as well for God's will to be done. And I just want to say that the Oogly are is very, very well pleased this morning. And as such, we're going to be diving into part two of the digitalization of our behavior for a token economy. And that plays into the oogliarchy because we know that Congress funds much of the information as well as the activities surrounding this digital slavery. And uh, so, yeah, they're well pleased with the elections from yesterday. Well. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And those elections are looking a little, little funny, aren't they? Don't you think? I mean, we're, we're having some of these people, it seems so clear. And yet I was reading some stories just over and over and over and over and over again, uh, where the, the mockingbird media, I mean, they're not even, they're not even trying to be, um, uh, 
to pretend they're non-biased. I mean, they're coming in and just saying, these people are lying, this is false information, blah, 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 blah. And yet, despite the videos, despite uh, numerous eyewitnesses of what's going on in some of these polling stations, they they continue to come out. And it's very clear now, for anybody who wants to see it, it's very clear when you see the evidence and then you hear them come out with some of the stuff that they're saying about the elections, it's very clear they're state-run media now. But just remember, these are not elections of we the people. These are selections by the status quo. And, of course, they're going to get their guy or gal in. It doesn't matter what we want and we're going to address part of that towards the end of the show about how, uh, you know, the dumbing down has really been effective. And this is one way in which it has. And, yep. of course, this all plays into the digitalization of our behavior. Now, if you missed last week, I hope that that will be in the archives as well, because we introduced this whole concept. And this is not a new thing. This has been in place for years this particular document that we're going to be going over today, Tim. In fact, last week we said uh, in the summary when I was pointing out, it says specifically that the activities will be honed, not set up, honed, which means these the framework for digitalizing our behaviors, attitudes, and beliefs, which go into not only our religion, but into what we're taught in school or what we see in politics are all going to play into this. And this, again, we know is part of the way of being able to control our every single move. Now, I wanted to address a couple of things before we get into the meat of this document. And that is last week, you had a question. And it was using December the 13th as the date. You said that, I think you said there was something that was big that was Yeah, I think they sh- were, I think they were setting up for the CBDCs. Or I've got a, um, <clears throat> I've got a request in to G. Edward Griffin to come on and talk about that. Since he did the whole thing with the, with the Federal Reserve, I thought he'd be really Absolutely. good to address what's going on Absolutely. There. Well, coinciding to that, now not totally will answer your question, but to, to make more sense of Uh, what Mr. Griffin will be probably addressing is the fact that there is going to be a global summary on cryptocurrency on the 13th of December, and they've titled it a great, uh, let's see, the Crypto Mindset Reset. So again, you can't reset something that has already had a foundation, okay? So anyone who thinks that this is all new, no, this is not. This has been in the works for years, and we've got many people across our nation and across the world who can address that. But there is the event. You can go in. You can see the sponsors. You can see who's going to be speaking. Also, coming up on December the 14th, the day after, And this is from our committee. Let's see. This is from the Division of Behavioral and Social Science. This is an entity that is housed under the Department of Health and Human Services, Tim, through the National Academies of Science. They're going to be holding a webinar, part one of understanding and addressing misinformation about science. Now, this won't just cover the misinformation about 
our health care. This will also address the misinformation about the kind of thing we're bringing up, which is the behavioral science, because the behavioral science aspect of tokenizing our attitudes, values, and beliefs has to marry up with the crypto in order for us to be controlled. So that arm of science is also going to be addressed. So things like this will be categorized as misinformation. Okay. So I just wanted to bring those things up for people who are interested in doing the homework to find out, yeah, this is going to be the part one, but there'll be a part two and who knows what else they'll address. So look for your government to totally skew science even more so in the name of we have to do it for the good of the economy. Because after all, that's what this whole cryptocurrency mess is about is economy over people. Now, if you don't know, I gave you the link as well. This will be in the archives where you can find out how Congress funds much of the activities for the National Academies, including behavioral science. So if you think that Congress is not in on warping your attitudes, values, and beliefs, Tim, here we have a smoking gun, if you will. Well, we've we've had a bunch of smoking guns from Congress, and yet uh, they continue Absolutely. to remain because they're, you know, it's a scratch your back, I'll scratch yours kind of thing. Absolutely. Yep. This is why the oogliarchy is well pleased this morning. I mean, yep. I can't think of any other way to say it other than the beast has been fed one more time. Okay, now for the audience, if you're interested in the one cryptocurrency and you think, oh, it's a one and done. I give you a link to show you all the ones that are planned for uh, 2022, which we're about at the end of, but it also goes into what? 2023. So if you think this is a done deal, absolutely not, but it will give you locations and um, uh, topics and, and venues and websites. So we won't go over all of that. I know we're going to go over today, so I don't want to belabor the point, but just if you're interested in that sort of thing, there's there will be a link for you so you can better understand just how draconian this system is. Now, before we get into anything else, okay, I want to go over this particular PDF because it's only six pages and I have lots and lots of notes. In the archives, it should be an attached PDF for you, Tim. It'll be the first attachment that I gave you in the email. And I was just going to start off with page one. I've already answered your question about how it ties into the financial moves on the 13th, as well as the email that I got about the behavior science from the federal government. Um, I wanted to also let you know that uh, a lot of the summary that was on page one, we went over last week, but I will just let you know that on page one, in bold, it will tell you currently in use the model of interdependence for digital and social ecosystems. And this is where they will integrate the token engineering or the crypto economics, as well as the behavioral skills set. So if you don't have the behavioral skills to fit this system, this whole setup will ensure that you do. Now, this particular document will also give you several links to papers. And I'm going to stop right there. You have an image. And for those who cannot see it, let's go to that real quick. This is going to be in the document on page three. Now, if you 
cannot see this particular image, up at the top, it will say real world ecosystem. That's our physical world, okay? On the left side, it'll be us, you and I, we the people. On the right side, it'll be the artificial intelligence system. And that is roped into what they is now called the ledger system. So that's where Bitcoin and cryptocurrency are now. They want to take it to the bottom tier, which is the digital ecosystem. And that will involve our rights and our governments. So this will deal with the legislation to put this all into practice. Okay. Now in the middle will be tokens. This will be your reward or your punishment. So they're taking it from an existing system, Tim, and they're using tokens as the springboard to take it over to the next system. Okay. All right. That makes sense. Yeah. So that's what that image is explaining. So for those who can't see it, I hope that was a good enough explanation for you. Mm. Okay. So uh, uh, you will have the link to the different the links to the different papers that uh, I have found in this particular document. And I just wanted to point out that one of them is from the World Bank back in 2020. And I made a comment in my uh, papers. And it says here that behaviors cannot and should not be quantified through this system or measured or assessed. But this is precisely what the World Bank has been after for years. Over on page two, you will see where the language points to a behavior science overhaul. So anyone who is involved in higher education and teaching behavior science, this would be a warning for you as well as for those who are sending kids into that system who want to study behavior science as well. All right, we need to point out that over on page two from 2018, there is a document from Dr. Emma Thompson, I believe is her name. And if that's not her first name, her last name is Thompson from 2018, where she says that the tokenization will be necessary to motivate behaviors for social impact while somehow creating greater transparency so that you can feel safe and secure, Tim, in all the stuff you're being controlled with. I feel warm and fuzzy already. Oh, don't you, though. Wait yep. till we get to her website. We're, <laughs> we're going to go there today, but wait till you get there. Then from 2016, a paper from Flanagan and Tanner will tell you that all development interventions will presume behavior change and Probably in today's world, it would be how to change it. It will also tell you that we have to develop our policies as well as infrastructure. And again, I went over that last week. It's not just your roads and bridges. This will be technology infrastructure that has to indirectly or directly require individuals or groups of humans to change some sort of behavior, Tim, to be qualified as successful and sustainable. And this will marry up with another document from 20, excuse me, 2009. It will tell you that these tools have to be brought to full scale and the potential for all this will be behavior change apparatus to attain the sustainable development goals and has to be, not should be, has to be fully explored. 
Now it goes on to tell you that your contribution, uh, excuse me, the scientist's contribution is a sincere attempt. Now, the reason I wanted to point that particular sentence out is because they ran contribution and is together. So if you can't even get your grammatical syntax right in your paper, how am I supposed to trust you when it comes to behavior science and aligning it to cryptocurrency? Don't really know. But this particular paragraph where this is, is even found, Tim, is telling you that this is not for the general public's knowledge. This is for those researchers and those practitioners and those game changers who are going to be in charge of this. So once again, this paper was never supposed to be in the general public's hand, but through benevolence of our Lord and all the people who have helped me get this out there, we are changing that narrative. Okay. All right. So I just thought that was very important to bring up. It's not just one of us. It's several of us. Yeah. Okay. The social impact sector has extensive practices and tools to create more inclusive and bottom-up solutions. So in other words, when they do feel it necessary to bring the general public in, Tim, they're going to do it under the false narrative that, oh, yes, we want your input on how to best put this system into practice. So it's going to be that one more time, that Delphi dog and pony show of we're going to trot out the problem and we're going to help you feel like you've made the solution when in fact you absolutely have not. And the end game to this again is about behavior economics, which we have gone over several times over several shows and myself over several platforms. It will also tell you in this paper that civil engineering ethics and standards has to change. Well, if you don't know what civil engineering and tactics are, you might want to be finding out because this will further the collective greater good of our society. It also will go under the false narrative that everywhere we are in America and throughout this globe, that our data and our internet has to be sped up because this system cannot survive on a slow or broken system. Now, it also goes on to tell you on the bottom of page two that behavior change through education is a done deal because it assumes that the attended social behavior will emerge as a result. There's also a warning in here that this could do more harm than good, but Tim, the warning is like this tiny footnote compared to all the rest of the information that is in this document. Oh, sure, of course. Right, absolutely. It says it's not to say that the social impact sector, sector, excuse me, has mastered these standards, but evidence and best practices, again, we're using business terms for education, uh, has been conceptually accepted. And well, that's be we... yeah, but that's the, the reason obviously they're doing it, and that's why we play the music at the beginning of the show is right. is they're 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 making bricks to put in a wall. That's what they're doing. They're, they're cookie cutters. That's all they're They're not interested in, in individuals. They're not interested in what uh, they can do for the glory of God or, or right. you know, it, their creativity. Uh, they're interested in just making them just like everybody else. Right. Now, before that image that you just showed that was on page three, I wanted to bring this up because this is an action step that we can actually impact. All right. This is going to be under the uh, paragraph called ecosystems of interest. It will tell you here that where they're going next 
is in maintaining transparency, security, and immutability. More is needed to link all these layers together for behavior relationships that are being sought to be modified and the ecosystems that they're embedded in. And it gives you three different ways they're embedded. One is the digital ecosystem, which is your digital society, your rights to that digital society, as well as the laws that make it up. It goes into the tokenized ecosystem. That would be those actors and game changers that we brought up last week, those computer scientists, those bankers, all those people. And then that ledger ecosystem. This is the blockchain that they want to change. Now, this is where our action step comes in. Number one, we can pray for confusion. Since this is something that they're not quite sure how to work, we can absolutely pray for them to be so confused that it will uh, just make such a difference. It will throw a, a chink in their armor. I think that is really something that we need to, to hone in on. Yeah, is amen. that we can, we can do that. We absolutely can. Because it says here, the token at the center of this ecosystem must be designed to influence the drivers of behavior change in the real world. These challenge, there are challenges in connecting these. So that's where we can pray for that confusion because they follow it with a bunch of, if this is going to work, if that is going to work. So they're telling you they don't even know. So if they don't know, we certainly can impact that. So let me go on and continue on. All right, in that particular image that we showed where they're trying to shift from real, real world over into the cryptocurrency, the blockchain platform establishes a tokenized ecosystem that's bootstrapped by a biodiverse crypto token. The objective, is, the objective is not to incentivize the behavior to maintain this ledger, but for people, a community members who are in the real world to act in this new System. So in other words, you won't be living your life, Tim. You're going to be acting out their scenario in this ecosystem of digitalization. And they give you an example where it is. Hang on. Let me see here. Uh, let's see here. Yes, it goes back to the video that we played last week where they were talking about the elephants and how much their carbon footprint was worth. It goes on that one and it tells you here that in that scenario, it would be worth U.S. $80 of elephant per day for their uh, value. And it says here that it will uh, tell you that you can voluntarily opt into this, but you become an actor because it says here the community members will perform activities to ensure the preservation of that elephant herd. They are acting within this tokenized ecosystem. But... If they go home to eat dinner with their family, suddenly they're outside of that deep, uh, that digitalized ecosystem and they cannot have behaviors modified or uh, monitored. Incredible. Yeah. It's uh, That's absolutely incredible. I mean, we're talking about really worshiping the creation more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. I mean, this is what they're doing, right? Right, right. And yep. so we will no longer need a job or an employer. We'll be actors who are performing to their circus. Yep. That is precisely what this That's is. That's the very definition of slavery. 
yeah, it absolutely, well, absolutely, hits the title, you know, and that, that was what, digital tokens or what, digital slavery, I believe it is. Digital interdependence, yeah. yeah. Yeah, now it goes on to tell you on page four that the social impact sector has accumulated decades of evidence on the, necess the necessity of behavior change to achieve the sustainable impacts. Now, what's interesting, Tim, is they only cite sources in this document that are in the early 2000s. What other decades? You have to have more than one decade for it to be plural. So where are the other decades in this paper? They're not showing up. But yet somebody who wrote this paper sure felt the need to put that little clue in for us. So yeah, absolutely, we could go back and find. If you go back and, and look at some of the shows we did with John Kleisak about uh, School World Order, it tells you way back when IBM and all, all the people connected with them were setting this system up. So there's more proof in John's book than there is in on these six um, pieces of paper. But it's important to bring these six pieces of paper up because you can see how they're trying to play this against us to benefit them. I mean, are you kidding me? This paper was never supposed to be in our hands. So this is one big experiment with us as those test dummies. So this is why we need to pray for not only confusion, but for it to just utterly and totally fail. We absolutely can do that. Now, to affect our behavior change interventions, which we did bring up last week, here's what they need to do. Define the problem in behavior terms. In other words, if we can't understand why you're acting so out of place, we have to be able to redefine why you are and how to manage you and how to medicate you. Selecting the desired behavior correlated and putting the right people into place. Identifying the changes needed between status quo and desired behavior. Oh, you got to love that one. Outlining the options for intervention functions, Tim. So not only will we see multi-tier support in our schools, but uh, we'll see behave positive behavior interventions ramp up for the community, which we've been talking about on our show, not related to this document, for I don't know how long formulating time-bound hypotheses in a theory of change that will link casual input and output for, in, uh, excuse me, inputs and turn them into outcomes such as capacity, motivation, and opportunity. So anytime the Common Core machine, the government, or this draconian technocracy that is coming in doing all of this, use the word outcome. What are they telling you? They're telling you, they're giving you a prescription for who you are to be, not what God made you to be. Yep, that's exactly what they're doing. It will also go on to tell you the behavior change and the sustainable development goals. And it says, if, the big word if, Cryptocurrencies are to be effective in helping address the sustainable development goals, Tim. They have to be optimized within these behavior change interventions according to documented evidence-based standards that maximize learning potential. So in other words, propping up more of the science, technology, engineering, and math, because that's tied in with the Common Core State Standards. It's also carrying along the uh, excuse that, yes, we have to continue the cookie-cutter education, the one-size-fits-all, the you cannot be outside the lines of anything, any way, shape, form, or fashion, because we will conform you. That's precisely what this is. And there's using digital literacy 
as a social factor. So in Trump's administration, we had a huge focus on everyone has to be digitally literate. Okay. We had that started with Bill Clinton. Obama carried it on. Bush was in there somewhere. Trump carried it on. And now we have Biden doing it. So this will tell you here that it is being considered part of the infrastructure, connectivity, the high-speed internet, the internet everywhere, the security of it, as well as the social factors, like how affordable is it? <gasps> and how smart am I to run that system? How digitally literate am I? Well, Lynn, you're saying yeah. that they, they've done this based on you know, certain things and mm -hmm. stuff that they're doing or whatever. But then you sit there and said, well, they haven't even had decades here that they're putting out. So how how is this based on outcomes and stuff like that, that they say that that's what it's based on, but they really don't have any evidence that it's that it's doing anything good? I understand that. Okay. But if you go back to a 1945 UNESCO document, and Suzanne and I brought that up on one of our Liberty Bell shows. It told you in this particular document, not long after the UN was even formulated, as well as UNESCO, that they had the power and were going to keep the power ad nauseum without end to skew science to fit their narrative. So in this paper, that's what this is proving. On one hand, we're going to say, okay, we have decades, but you're not really citing it. Then we're going to sit here and tell you, we don't really know what the heck we're doing, but we're going to do it anyway, because they're going to skew it to fit their narrative. And don't forget the whole goal of this, Tim, is to force us into behavior change for the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. So that's where the connection is, is the capacity to skew the science to fit their narrative. So, of course, they're going to control the outcome. And if you look at the number of, of game changers in education since then that have had decades of outcome uh best practices put into place to bring about the common core, to bring about the STEM, this will start to make a little bit more sense as to, okay, well, we've done, we've done all the work over on the left-hand side. Now we have to come over here on the right-hand side and then put it all together. And that's where the cryptocurrency and the behavior tokens are coming in. Okay. Yeah. And they're using science. So we've learned to trust the science from the convids. Oh, so yeah, absolutely. That's already Abs embedded in people's well, minds. That, yeah, and that's going to be part of that misinformation. But again, it will bleed over into this as well. Now, let me see here. It goes on to tell you that uh, this is meant to be a lifelong systematic collaboration. So this will not just be for you and I. This will be for our kids and our grandkids. And I guess until, you know, Jesus calls us home. Now, that is all of the six pages, but we're not done yet. We absolutely are not done yet because um, I have attached for everyone as well as you in the email and they'll have it in the archives. There is a link from one of my followers in the UK. It's a three-year-old three video about the social credit system that will play right into this. Now, the whole thing is 37 minutes, and due to our time, we're not going to go over that. But I do want us to hear from timestamp 339 
to 619 because this is going to play right into what we're just talking about with this document. The politics of today and the politics of the future are very similar. And um, I'll call this communitarianism and I'll cite some of its sources, but let's get on with the exoteric definition of communitarianism. It's a theory or system of social organization based on small self-governing communities and ideology that emphasizes responsibility of the individual to the community and to the social importance of the family unit. So it kind of sounds like, you know, when we think of this dichotomy that was always, you know, all these isms that were placed uh, in front of us in the 20th century, it's kind of supposed to be the best of both worlds. We have the individual and we have the collective and sort of this idea of responsibility of the individual um, pulling all, you know, together all these seemingly separate parts between the atomized individual and the collective. So um, let's do a little bit more of the exoteric. Um, it was introduced in the 1990s by Etzioni, an Italian, promotes community responsibility over individual rights, concerns for the common good, recognizes individual human dignity, as well as social dimensions of human existence. Beliefs are that society provides its citizens with equal opportunity, material well-being, opportunity for individual self-fulfillment, principles of fairness, and all this kind of really nice-sounding uh, stuff. So I want to get a little bit more into the esoteric dimensions of this, and I'm going to take some of this information from Chapter 2 of Seeing Through the Singularity. You may recall, I'm sure you've heard the uh, famous uh, 1991 uh, address from George H.W. Uh, Bush, when he's talking about this big idea, the, the New World Order, and he's talking about, uh, specifically, he says, we can find meaning and reward by serving some, by serving some purpose higher than ourselves, a shining purpose, the illumination of a thousand points of light. And so that very similar idea is embedded in uh, Etzioni's idea of uh, serving a purpose higher than yourself, the uh, thousand points of lights, it's a little Kabbalah speak for bringing the, the shattered sparks back together into singularity. Okay. All right. So <laughs> I guess this guy would fit right in with uh, uh, people like uh, General Flynn and stuff with his number of rays of light and calling on legions and stuff like that. <clears throat> this is the, the, now he's giving you a little bit of the, the spiritual undertones of everything that's going on here too, right? Well, absolutely. But yeah, we know it's, it's uh, ultimately the battle of good versus evil. We, we know that, but one of the things that it was being pointed out to me was this is one of his videos on a book called the Jewish utopia. 
and that if you could get your hands on that particular book, that it would make a lot of sense out of what we're seeing happen in America, as well as the rest of the world where politics are concerned. And as we know, it's not the dreaded Russians. I mean, you know, I can remember it was, uh, you know, being brought up and it was, you know, it was all Russia's fault of everything that was going on. Well, no, actually it's Israel. And, you know, we, we know that. And we've talked about the corrupt uh, sector of the Israelites, not all of them, just the, the corruptive one, the the uh, Lubavitch movement, and he did bring up the cabal. So we know that's tied in there. Well, yeah, and so, we had uh, we had uh, Victor at the time, Victor Poirier, yeah. who was on the show. He was breaking down uh, the Sabatine Frankens and other people like that. We're talking mm-hmm. about we're ta- we're talking about those who claim they're Jews, and there are they are not. Okay, the Scripture yeah. leads us to believe that they're the synagogue of Satan. They were the ones running around trying to kill the Apostle Paul. They tried to kill the Lord Jesus, all this other. Mm-hmm. And you, so you've got these things going on, and then you've got a, a you've got other branches that aren't affiliated yeah. with any of that. They hate it. They hate Zionism. Oh, yeah. They hate all of that, and yet they're consider they consider themselves of the Jewish religion, they're not, we're, I, I want to make sure that we're distinguishing right. between those things, but there is some level in which uh, even uh, people like Kanye are telling you some of the truth about what's going on, but sadly what they do is they paint with a broad brush instead of yeah. dealing with the individual uh, you know, groups right. of people. Right, and this is why we have the Noahide laws being assumed to be um, good and holy and all that but we have so blown the lid off the noahide laws it's not even funny but let's move on now i'm also attaching for everyone this is a 2021 document from an entity called coin tech now it's full of all kinds of technological stuff that you may or may not understand but i mean if you understand computers you'll be right at home for myself it was a little a bit of a stretch for me, but there is useful information in this particular document because it will tell you this is what's going to be coming down the pike with this cryptocurrency blockchain move to tokenize everything. Now, on page 65, you should be able to see a taxation map because this will not come without a price that you and I will have to pay for. Okay, and what you'll see is it'll be a map of the entire world and it will break it down by country who's going to have to pay the most tax for these tokens. And there it is. And if you can't see it, we have uh, North America, all of North America, including Canada and Mexico. And then we have some of the rest of the world. Well, I don't even see. I don't even see Mexico's paying squat. Oh, that's right. It's just, it just says the U.S., even though it goes up into right. Canada, we have right. the, we're taking the highest, only second to Germany, mm-hmm. zero to 45%. We've got zero to 37%, everybody else. And some yeah. countries aren't even listed here. I mean, we lots of South America, Mexico's not listed, multiple right. nations in Africa, um, and then across, what what is that? That's a part of... That's a part of uh, Asia over there, right? Mm-hmm. That's not Europe there. That's not that's not even covered. Yeah. So you you've got uh, you got a ton there. The UK ten to twenty percent, China twenty to twenty five percent, and then down in Brazil, uh, fifteen to twenty two and a half percent. Just for people on the radio at, who don't know. Right, and then look at Australia. Totally, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, they they fall in line. It looks like their numbers favorable tax regulation. They don't say anything there, but they've got the same color as. The as US. the United States. Yeah, absolutely. But this would be the evidence that we need to remember that 
if we think that just paying with our freedom is going to be bad enough, here they're going to come after it with taxation. So absolutely. Now, also in that particular document, we're going to look at page 78, Tim. This should be image number 45. And I wanted people to see that because that is going to be very important to what is going on. Hang on just a second. Let me see if I can get back down into that. This will show you how, and if you can't see this, when you get the archive, be sure to look at page 78, because what you see is how everything is being uh, illustrated to pull together to make this token more valuable than you. Yep, yep. I, You know, they're already putting out certain uh, things, I guess, to put it in people's minds as to what this goes on. There was some kind of little series talking that it would put on what technology was doing, how it could be used. And one mm -hmm. of the things was, was the people riding these bikes to produce all this energy and mm -hmm. they're collecting all these little coins and tokens, like a video game and riding their bike. And they could use that to buy things. They could use it for, I don't know, something like a America's got talent thing that they could be on to get out of riding the bikes. But everything was built on, they're, they're producing all this energy from their bodies, and they're basically getting nothing for it. It's all this digital crap right. that they can't, nothing tangible they can put their hands on. Right. Well, there's an app out there that, oh, goodness, you're going to get something for nothing. And that is every time you fill up, if you use this particular app, you're going to get money put back either in your bank account mm -hmm on a gift card or through your PayPal. And I'm sitting here going, well, first of all, there's a fallacy of something for nothing because that's not ever going to work. Number two, don't you know with the grocery app that, oh, yes, I scan in everything I buy and it's going to look at my receipt and it's going to give me cash back in my account. Oh, I'm saving money and oh, I'm getting money. All these are is weaponizing your information against you for them so don't use these because they absolutely are meant to track you and to take that bank account and to turn it into a digital coin that will reward or punish you but look at the millions of people who are lining up under the guise of something for nothing it's just like the supposed free internet that the government is going to be giving you honey it isn't free you will pay for it. If it's not through your pocketbook, it will be through your blood, sweat, and tears. Mm. Okay. Now, in this original report, we did. I did say we would go to Dr. Thompson's website, and I want to point out her name is not Emma. It's Jane. And I give you her website, and she has tons of articles, Tim. Now, I could not find the particular article that was cited in this particular paper that I just went through, but supposedly it's in there. But I did find this one that is titled, We Are the Change We Want. And if you look at the picture, oh, it's all these wonderful leaves going through the process of photosynthesis and how they have their wonderful colors all the way through. And she will tell you that, honey, while not, only are we the problem, we're also the solution. But she is the one you can trust to have the answer. And it's going to be nothing but get you on that blockchain. And if you look at some of her speeches, if you look at just her pictures, it's like, honey, what dope have you been smoking? Yep, she's got 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. So some of the uh, articles that were cited in the particular paper. And she looks like she's dressed to come off of a Star Trek episode or something there. You know, that's interesting that you brought that up because, yeah, in that particular image, yeah, she's got the real crew cut and the, the nerdy glasses, and then she's got the scarf thrown over her shoulder. And yeah, multicolored. Yeah, you, you expect to see the little Star Trek pin there, you know, on her shoulder. But anyway, uh, but a lot of the documents that were cited in this six-page uh, document about tokenization for behavior change for the Sustainable Development Goals, I was able to find them at the National Institute for Health housed in the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. So if you ever wonder what your taxpayer dollar is doing for the Health and Human Services, not only is it being used against you, but they're using it to archive all kinds of papers from all kinds of people who have absolutely no jurisdiction over your life, but they will use it as such. And one of those is called, um, let's see here, the opening sentence is a doozy. Hang on. This is resource number seven. This is, here's the token, here's the, excuse me, the title, the token economy for children with intellectual disability and or autism, a review. This was published back in 2009, and it will tell you here in the, the summary one of the most important technologies of behavior modification, Tim, and applied behavior analysis over the last 40 years has been what? Token economy. These procedures are useful in that they help provide a structured therapeutic environment and mimic other naturally occurring reinforcement systems such as the use of money. And who are we talking about? We're talking about those with disabilities intellectually. So there's one of your smoking guns yeah, for the decades sure. of research. Okay. Sure. That's going to be huge. If you have special needs in your family or in your community, or you're even concerned about them, but that was embedded in this six page document. Oh yes. We, we, we know we, what we have to do. We have to get it out of the real world and into the token world. All right. Also, this is resource number eight. This one is called Token Reinforcement. And I titled this one for the archive purposes as a gem because it will go in to tell you that token reinforcement. OK, they've reviewed and analyzed it. Procedures and concepts are reviewed and discussed in relation to general principles and behavior. Now, this is not reserving it for a special population, Tim. And they tell you, you have four major parts of this. It will tell you that it's going to go in not only to your common behavior functions, uh, functions of society, but laws of effect, reinforcers, which are gains, punishers, which are losses, which can be used against us. The utility of all this to be used against us or for us that will bridge a gap. Oh, so anytime you hear Congress talk about bridging any sort of gap, be it education, skills, jobs, labor, this is what they're leading to. And it will also go on to tell you this will go into the field of behavior economics, which again puts preference over money, not people. Okay. Now, uh, we have for you another resource. This was on page two. This was the UN's 2015 report on behavior change 
for the sustainable development goals, because this one is about the changes that we really are going to need to make, and we can cover that after the break. Okay. Well, we still got about three and a half minutes if you want oh, to get do. into it. Oh, yep. Okay. Sure. Then let's rock and roll. Let's go there. This is uh, from 2015. So this is about the time that they went from Agenda 21 to Agenda 2030. And it says here about triggering, uh, excuse me, about the triggering of UN Sustainable Development Goals and Regenerative Sustainability in Higher Education. So, honey, this is telling you right here, we're going to pit higher education against you. It also will tell you as the very opening sentence for the summary, humans are at the center of the global climate change. So don't don't worry about uh the rest of the sustainable development goals don't worry about the token economy focus on one in uh, one thing and that is climate change which also has been uh classified as informed or misinformed and it says here it will ignite sustainability with proactive global social goals that will that move us away from the Bruntland paradigm of do nothing today to compromise tomorrow's generation. And if you scroll down long enough, you will see there is an image where it has preference over the economy, not the people. And it will tell you the economy is being defined as place, culture, enterprise, government, and commons. And then it will go on to tell you that we have to go away from the conventional over to the regenerative and we have to have more energy and more materials in order to pull all this off to be sustainable and green. So that is that particular gold mine from the United Nations, which is driving this stupid tokenization and behavior change. Okay. All right. Um, We've got one that you're going to with behavior, too, out of this as well, right? Behavior change yes. techniques? Yes, absolutely. So if we've got time for that, we'll skip there as well. This is from the behavior change tools and those mechanics of actions. This is also from your National Library of Medicine housed at uh, under the Health and Human Services. Behavior change techniques and their mechanisms of action, a synthesis, uh, excuse me, a synthesis of links described in published intervention literature from 2019. So it tells you here, despite advances in behavioral science, there's no widely shared understanding of these mechanisms of action through which behavior changes take their effects. We have to have development, evaluation, and study of these behavior interventions that can be improved through these mechanisms of action, through behavior change tools that can bring about the change. And so it goes on to tell you, this is where they're going to be devoting quite a bit of research, which dovetails right into this paper on digitalization and token economy for behavior change. So absolutely, we're going to use our attitudes, values, and beliefs as, okay, Lynn or Tim, these that you've been brought up with are bad, and here we're going to come over here and we're going to change them to what is acceptable and sustainable. Okay. You got 20 seconds. Tell people where they okay. can find out more about you. All right, commoncordiva.com. If you wish to financially bless any of the work that I do for you, you can go to the donate page and follow the snowball link. 
Okay. All right, Lynn, we appreciate you as always. Guys, if you want to finish the rest of this with us, we've got a few more documents and, and articles we're going to uh, reference here. Go to sonsoflibertymedia.com, beforeitsnews.com, or any of the other uh, outlets that I talked about before. And uh, Lord willing, I'm going to be back with you in the morning, 6 a.m., bright and early. And Elliot's going to be back for part two of Whistleblower out of CPS in New York City. She's going to answer some questions, how this ties into education and some other things. Don't miss that. See you then. Okay, I want to welcome everybody coming over from Red State Talk Radio. And, uh, Lynn, we've got a few more documents we're going to go through. And, again, I want, to, I want to tell people uh, the, the reason we're going to bring back Ann is because Suzanne <laughs> sent me a uh, three or four questions of different things that tied in. And she goes, oh, yes, those touch on that. And so I invited her back. So we're going to do a part two with that. That was a very informative show. She's a lady who came, who comes out of CPS. She's in it. She's actually in it, and she's speaking out about what she's seen over the past uh, more than two decades that she's been in that. So don't miss that, guys, tomorrow. Lord willing, she's going to be on with us at 6 a.m. Lynn? Absolutely, and yes, she's spot on. This will play into education. It's already played into education, as well as everything that I'm bringing up for you today. Okay, Um, on page five of the particular document that we've been going on, there is a footnote And this is a website that has guidelines for the cryptocurrency and the blockchain. And you can find them. It's called Token Engineering Community. And TM, they have an academy. So if you know absolutely nothing about cryptocurrency or blockchain and you want to find out, you can go through their academy. Now, here's the thing. If you look at their particular website, it doesn't look so bad. But when you get into the second link that I send, which is the welcome to the academy, it will tell you here, you get workshops, lectures, and seminars for anyone who's interested in this new and emerging field. Aren't you excited? Oh, my goodness. We invite individuals and and project teams to learn, collaborate, and put token engineering into practice. It goes on to tell you that you have open source knowledge and tools, apply your skills to solve challenges. Oh, this sounds wonderful, doesn't it? Till you scroll down and you see that they spent a week in Berlin, Germany, going over token engineering. And if you reference back to that tax map that we just showed you, where was one of the biggest places in Europe? Yep, Germany had the highest one for tax, yeah. Absolutely. Well, think about it. IBM was key in Germany during the Holocaust because it was able to data mine and track even then all those who needed to be placed in internment camps. So think about that one, if you will. So it goes on to tell you all the different subjects that they will get into. It will tell you about intelligence. It will tell you about the certification it will tell you about oh yes tim this is all free so just think about the child catcher in uh chitty chitty bang bang you know had that lovely dressed up little cart with all the candy and invited the children in under the guise of free candy and once they got in the cage all that fell off and he had them trapped well that's what this is doing and it's going to take And this is going to be used, I can guarantee you, if it's not used in uh, K through 12, it's going to be used in higher education, but it's also going to be available to the community because as we know, a lot of the digital literacy programs that are being held in our communities are held at our public libraries and our uh, 
community-wide organizations that hook up to education. So this is absolutely going to be a community-wide thing. It has to be. Okay, now we're also going to go to the e-learning world. This will show you how the technology and behavioral tokens are all about getting you ready for skill-based learning. This is precisely what it is. It will tell you, and this is from the business community, technology and behavior science can repair your well-being at where? Work. So why do you think we're seeing such a push through the Common Core machine, Tim, to hurry up to learn so you can hurry up to earn? Why does Pearson Publishing have gender economics when it comes to skill-based learning so that you can be a better worker in your workplace? And this particular document will back it up. It will tell you we're going to take a human-centric approach to learning well-being so that when you get to the job, the outcome of learning will be you're a better skilled worker. And of course, mm. they cite so COVID as part of the problem. So absolutely. this. Oh, it's a up. problem. All right. <laughs> I understand. Okay. Uh, Resource number 13 from 2016, how overhauling behavior science to impact an entire nation has now been embedded in tokenization of our attitudes, values, and beliefs. Again, we go back to the NIH at our U.S. government, and this is the theoretical explanations for the maintenance not the origin, but the maintenance of behavior change. Now, notice behavior is spelled in the United Kingdom way. So this is not a U.S. paper, but it's being housed in a U.S. government uh, entity. That is unconstitutional, I will say. Behavior theories. So this will go on to tell you that behavior change interventions are effective in supporting an individual in achieving temporary behavior change and through behavior change maintenance we rarely can uh, attain it so the aim of this is to be able to make a permanent change possible okay so that will give you not only the theories but it'll give you the players of our american and then worldwide system as well so to wrap all this up this was another uh, resource that was given to me from someone out of the United Kingdom. This all is Bonhoeffer's uh, theory out of his letters and papers over, it's not malice that this is being done, but this is through stupidity handed down through the ages. And this is where we're going to wrap up our show today. So we're going to play this entire video. In the darkest chapter of German history, during a time when incited mobs threw stones into the windows of innocent shop owners and women and children were cruelly humiliated in the open, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, a young pastor, began to speak publicly against the atrocities that the regime had produced. After years of trying to change people's minds, Dietrich Bonhoeffer came home one evening and his own father had to tell him that two men were waiting in his room to take him away. In prison, Bonhoeffer began to reflect on how his country of poets and thinkers had turned into a collective of cowards, crooks and criminals. Eventually, he concluded that the root of the problem was not malice, 
but stupidity. In his famous Letters from Prison, Bonhoeffer argued that stupidity is a more dangerous enemy of the good than malice, because while one may protest against evil, it can be exposed and prevented by the use of force. Against stupidity, we are defenseless. Neither protests nor the use of force accomplish anything here. Reasons fall on deaf ears. Facts that contradict a stupid person's prejudgment simply need not be believed, and when they are irrefutable, they are just pushed aside as inconsequential, as incidental. In all this, the stupid person is self-satisfied and, being easily irritated, becomes dangerous by going on the attack. For that reason, greater caution is called for when dealing with a stupid person than with a malicious one. If we want to know how to get the better of stupidity, we must seek to understand its nature. Anybody seeing this that going on? This much is certain. Stupidity is, in essence, not an intellectual defect, but a moral one. Mm -hmm. There are human beings who are remarkably agile intellectually, yet stupid, and others who are intellectually dull, yet anything but stupid. The impression one gains is not so much that stupidity is a congenital defect, but that, under certain circumstances, people are made stupid, or rather, they allow this to happen to them. People who live in solitude manifest this defect less frequently than individuals in groups, and so it would seem that stupidity is perhaps less a psychological than a sociological problem. It becomes apparent that every strong upsurge of power, be it of a political or religious nature, infects a large part of humankind with stupidity, almost as if this is a sociological-psychological law where the power of the one needs the stupidity of the other. The process at work here is not that particular human capacities, such as intellect, suddenly fail. Instead, it seems that under the overwhelming impact of rising power, humans are deprived of their inner independence and, more or less consciously, give up an autonomous position. The fact that the stupid person is often stubborn must not blind us from the fact that he is not independent. In conversation with him, one virtually feels that one is dealing not at all with him as a person, but with slogans, catchwords and the like that have taken possession of him. Oh boy, have I seen that. He is under a spell, <laughs> blinded, misused, and is abused in his very being. Having thus become a mindless tool, the stupid person will also be capable of any evil, incapable of seeing that it is evil. Only an act of Maga. liberation, not instruction, <laughs> can overcome stupidity. Here, we must come to terms with the fact that in most cases, a genuine internal liberation becomes possible only when external liberation has preceded it. Until then, we must abandon all attempts to convince the stupid person. Bonhoeffer died due to his involvement in a plot against Adolf Hitler at dawn on the 9th of April 1945 at Flossenburg concentration camp just two weeks before soldiers from the United States liberated the camp. 
action springs not from thought, but from a readiness for responsibility. The ultimate test of a moral society is the kind of world that it leaves to its children, Bonhoeffer once said. Check the description below to read Bonhoeffer's original text, After 10 Years. For more information about Bonhoeffer or to download this video without background music, go to SproutSchools.com. Okay, you can stop it there. Well, I could have just downloaded it without the music, but... Uh, That's okay. Well. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, bon and you know what? Bonhoeffer, by, from, by many, would have been considered a theological liberal in many cases, mm -hmm. and yet, what did he do in demonstration of his love for his people? He had a chance to flee. Uh, but yeah. I think it was either his brother or somebody who was in prison, and he says, how can I leave them here? He get, he ended up really giving his life uh, to comfort and take care of those who were in prison with him. Yeah, he absolutely did. He also prayed for those who were persecuting him. So, you know, yep, this, is, sure this is another way that we can affect action, uh, you know, not only praying for confusion that their plans would be uh, really messed up, but, you know, pray for, for them to be liberated. Uh, inside out because we could apply that particular thing to so many of the the scenarios that we see today but i just thought that was really spot on as to as why we're seeing so many people come up and tell you oh yes this is the way we need to go it's because psychologically they have been as charlotte Iserbeek told us and even named her website deliberately dumbed down yeah it's interesting um you know <clears throat> when the term stupid is used. It's used. It's usually used derogatory. And I like the mm -hmm. way he laid it out. It's that is that they can be very intellectual, but very oh, yeah. stupid. So it, it has nothing to do with your knowledge. It has to do with your reasoning. It has to do with your understanding and, and your application of that. I, I think we would say the opposite of that is wisdom. Everybody can mm -hmm. have knowledge, but not everybody has wisdom in how right. to use that knowledge. And so that's I, I was glad that he, that he brought that up because that is exactly what's happening is they're giving us knowledge, Lynn, mm -hmm. uh, but there is no direction. We talked in the other um, in, in the beginning of that video purpose. Yeah. And, you know, we learn in the, in not only in the scripture, but the catechism that we use comes from the scripture. You know, mm -hmm. what is the what is the chief end of man? Well, what's his Glorify purpose? Glorify God. Glorify yeah. God Glorify and enjoy God. him and enjoy him yep. forever. So some people say, oh, I got to glorify God now. But are, yeah, but are, do you enjoy are you him? enjoying? Yeah. yeah, that's that's it. Yeah. yeah those, and those I think that's the, isn't that the first question? Yep. That's the first. I believe, one. Yep. Yeah. First question. Yeah. I remember sure. we had to. We had to learn that in youth group. It was like, what is the chief end of man? And our pastor would sit up there and, you know, okay, can you say it? The whole thing, not just part of it. Can you say the whole thing? <laughs> yeah, so there, anyway. Yeah, there's anyway. a, there, now there, you know, and I grant there's a certain level of indoctrination in that. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, it goes through, and just so people understand, and I've done a show where we talked about this, you know, catecheo. Mm -hmm is the yeah. Greek word where we get catechism, and it's just asking questions, giving answers. And that's a lot of what Paul did. Uh, he would go into a place, he would teach, and then he would. Mm -hmm. they would take questions. They would have that back and forth where somebody didn't understand. They want to get clarification, whatever the case may be. And it was the same thing was true in the Old Testament, too. Around the table at the Passover, God says, when your children ask, why are you partaking of this? Why are you doing this? Well, the mm -hmm. Father has a response. There's a, there's a catechism that goes on, so to speak, uh, that's there, and we should be a part of that. Uh, what else right. you got for us? Are, are we done for today? You got something else you uh, want to Just in? one more thing I sure. wanted to point out about Bonhoeffer's book. 
um, Suzanne and I just did a Christmas special for everyone. That was our Christmas present to everyone on uh, over at the Liberty Bells. But one of the things that I featured was the prayer that Bonhoeffer prayed Christmas morning, 1943, while he was still incarcerated. And what's so beautiful about that prayer is that it was one of the best examples of him praying for those who were on that side of what it was perceived as malicious, as opposed to, okay, they're just following orders. They're being stupid. Okay. And the prayer is just so beautiful. I'm sorry. I didn't pull that out for this show so that we could end on that, but just look for that prayer. It should be readily available, but it's Bonhoeffer's Christmas prayer. Uh, 1943 is what it is. And it is so beautiful. It will bring a tear to your eye. Here's this man who was doing exactly what God wanted him to do. He sacrificed himself so that others could meet Christ and could know Christ and be partakers in heaven. And he was praying more for them than he was his own situation, even though it was abysmal. Okay, is this a really short prayer that he's got here? Uh, dude, it's it's not too long. It's not too short. Uh, I don't have my Just kind of curious my, if this is yeah, it. It's in my library, so I can't run and go get it. I'm so sorry that I just did not do that. But yeah, it's his Christmas prayer. And if you have it... Well, I, th uh, th this is what it says, but um, mm -hmm. this is from 1942. 1943. Okay, well, this it was is Christmas from, 1943. This is Christmas 1942. Okay. okay. Well, all right. I was going to give this, it a shot. <laughs> okay. Well, if you think you can, this is from the extended version. There are two different versions of his letters. Uh -huh. from, yeah. So this is in the extended version is where I found it. Um, let's see here. Oh, goodness. I am so sorry that I did not do that. Now, there is a pdf of his letters and papers from prison it's at uh ms dot where we are spoke house uh but i don't know that that is the extended version let me see if i can find his prayer real quick i am so sorry to bring up something that i didn't have prepared because normally i'm so prepared on everything um no i i just i wanted to see if this one was uh was the one it seems like there's several 1943 Oh, uh, yeah, there's prayers. an entire section of prayers from 1943. Uh, let's see. Okay, morning prayer, Christmas in prison. Uh, let's see here. Here he is. God, to you I call early in the morning. Help me pray and gather my thoughts to yourself. I cannot do it alone. In me is dark, but with you there is light. I am lonely, but you forsake me not. I am faint-hearted, but you, with you is help. I am restless, but with you is peace. In me is bitterness, but with you, patience. I do not understand my way, but you know the way for me. Father in heaven, praise and thanks. Be yours for the night's rest. Praise and thanks be you. Be yours for the new day. Praise and thanks be yours for all your kindness and faithfulness in my past life. You've shown me much good. Leave me. Let me now receive from your hand what is hard. You will not lay upon me more than I can bear. For your children, you let all things serve for the best. Lord Jesus Christ, you were poor and miserable, captive and forsaken as I am. You know every need of humans. You remain with me and no man stands by me. Excuse mm. me, when no man stands by me. You forget me not and seek me. 
you will that I recognize you and turn to you. Lord, I hear your call and follow. Help me, Holy Spirit. Give me the faith that rescues me from despair, addictions, and vice. Give me the love for God and humans that destroys all the hate and bitterness. Give me the hope that frees me from the fear and despondency. Holy, merciful God, my creator and my savior, my judge and my deliverer, you know me and everything I do. You hate and punish evil in this world and in the next with no respect of persons. Hmm. You forgive sins for the one who asks sincerely. You love good and reward it on this earth with good conscience and in the world to come with a crown of righteousness. Before you, I think of all my loved ones and my fellow prisoners and all of those who do their hard service in this house. Lord, have mercy. Grant me freedom again and let me so live in the present that I can live responsibly before humans. Lord, whatever else this day brings, may your name be praised. Amen. 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 So that was his prayer for others in that hellhole that he was in. And I just wanted to say that, you know, that is the kind of prayer we need to mound up against these forces that are trying so hard to break us down through the digitalization of our attitudes, values, and beliefs, because, you know, it was God Almighty who created us with those attitudes. It is our parents and those around us who help us shape our values and our beliefs. And it is the Lord who gave them the platform for all this. And so for the next two weeks of our show, we're going to be taking, we're going to shift gears. We're going to get away from all the muck and gut that we have had for most of the year. And we're going to hang out with the, the Christmas carols and we're going to learn lessons from those. Okay. All right. So that's what we'll be doing for the next two weeks. And then we'll end it uh, the 20th of December with a look at what's ahead for us in 2023. Okay. All right, Lynn, thank you so much. We appreciate you as always and everything you put into it. If you'll send me a link to that prayer, I'll make sure that we put that in the archive as well, and we'll have that up. So, uh, guys, if you're interested in picking up that prayer, reading through it again, maybe even praying yourself. There's nothing wrong with praying other people's prayers, by the way. Uh, we're asking of the same Father, right? Uh, and if you've ever had the kids get together and they say, well, let's talk to Dad about this. Okay, well, you go talk to them. And then they're all, they're all you know, their prayers to Dad— if you want to call it that, are are the same, <laughs> even though one of them is saying it. They want the same thing. So there's nothing wrong with God's kids praying uh, each other's prayers. One of the great ones, uh, if you have not read it, Valley of Vision uh, from the Puritans. Um, yeah, you you want to you want to read how some 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 godly men prayed. There there's some there's some prayers for you as well. But I I like Bonhoeffer. It's very it's not high fluty kind of flowery language. It's just straight to the point, and it's in humility. You can tell it in, in what he's saying there. Guys, Bradley, be with you at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, sonsoflibertymedia.com. And again, we'll be back in the morning with CPS Insider and Whistleblower Ann Elliott. You don't want to miss that. That'll be part two. If you missed last week, go ahead and catch up on that. You can find it at sonsoflibertymedia.com. Just go to the search bar, bottom right, under where you sign it for your email, and you can put in Ann Elliott. That's E-L-L-I-O-T-T. And uh, you should be able to find it. You can listen to that. It was about two hours worth. And then we're going to have her on for part two of that tomorrow. We'll talk to you then. See you.